You're listening to the Daily Audible's weekly fantasy football podcast. Everything you need to know to build winning lineups for this week's games in 30 minutes or less. Now, here's your host and fantasy maestro, Chris Lawless. What is up, Daily Audible readers and listeners, and welcome to our week five daily fantasy sports podcast where we give you everything you need to know about the FanDuel and DraftKings slates for the week in 30 minutes or less. Um, as many of you that have listened to these podcasts over the previous few weeks know, I do very little prep for these and they tend to be a little bit sloppy and um, with that in mind, I've done no prep for this one so we're just kind of winging it. I just pushed out the um, DraftKings article for the week uh, where We've got our FanDuel picks ready. We'll probably have that out today. Um, college football will be tomorrow. And kind of the thought behind pushing these podcasts out a little bit quicker um, is, first of all, it lets me do it when the research is fresh um, in my head. I just finished watching the games on Monday. Um, started breaking down all the data yesterday. Had most of our picks done yesterday. Wrote the article this morning. Um and we'll move on to FanDuel this afternoon, and then we'll be in in um, college football mode until Saturday, and then Saturday night, Sunday morning, um, back to the NFL. We'll finalize our picks and publish a Yahoo article. For those of you that missed our Yahoo article, um, our first one ever came out last week, um, and not a bad little article. We gave out. Uh, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. I believe we gave out Mitch Trubisky, Matt Ryan, Ezekiel Elliott, Gio Bernard, T.Y. Hilton, um, Alan Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Sterling Shepard, Tyler Eifert. Um, yeah, we pretty much didn't miss last week. Our, our I believe my personal um, average score on DraftKings was right around 216, 220, something like that. And um, on FanDuel, I believe it was... 204 or something just really high scores i mean it was, a, it was a fairly chalky week so the um the money line was higher than usual um looking at our DraftKings article we have the millionaire maker winning lineup from last week in here um and the winning lineup was 273.56 so even higher than than typical um this week will be, in my opinion, it'll be the scoring will move back down to, you know, your normal maybe 230, 240 area for the winning millionaire maker lineup. Probably around 200 to cash in most most contests, most uh, GBP contests, that is. Um, okay, let's uh, just an overall uh, quick glance at the slate. Um, a lot of what, what, in my opinion, will be either um, tricky matchups to project or uh, just low-scoring games in general. Um, Tennessee at Buffalo will be um, one of those low-scoring games. Um, Denver at the Jets is hard to project. Um, I think you know it's kind of it's just too hard to predict what which running back is going to be is going to find the end zone for Denver. Really, I mean they're both. Um, they're both having great years. They're both good plays week to week, but it's just, you know, the, the, the split is too even. And the fact that, um, uh, Devante Booker is still getting 30% of the snaps and most of the passing down work, um, on clear passing downs is, is frustrating. And it's one of those things just like the Packers where one of the three guys 
has to disappear for it to become like a week to week play. Um, Jacksonville at Kansas City, that's another tough one to project. I think um I think Jackson there's value on the Jacksonville side given the matchup. Kansas City, you know, you have to kind of lower the ceiling for almost everybody on that roster given the matchup there. Um Green Bay at Detroit has a chance to be a shootout. Um it's likely a one score game. Who knows which way it goes? The game's in Detroit. Um over the past couple seasons, Detroit's kind of had that de- that Green Bay defense's number, and they've done a decent job of slowing down Aaron Rodgers, but they do have a new defensive scheme. Um, Green Bay's got a bunch of injuries. You know, Rodgers isn't 100% still. I mean, he's he's fine, but he's not 100%. Um, uh, the receivers are obviously banged up. Allison got a concussion. Cobb's iffy. Um, but Aaron Jones back. Uh, you know, we this is something we said in the, in the preseason and kind of in our waiver wire articles over the first couple weeks that if you know if you can get him get him because he's the best running back on the roster and he should have that job shortly um baltimore another uh kind of waiver wire guy to look at is hearst for baltimore he's gonna be the uh number one tight end in that offense um that but overall you know cleveland's gonna struggle in this one mayfield that's that's a whole another monster than you know oakland can't cover anybody um, so he was always going to have a decent game, albeit, you know, we didn't think it would be a win, um, you know, traveling to Oakland, but different monster playing, playing Baltimore this week in that defense. Um, Giants hit Carolina, somewhat familiar matchup. Uh, Cam's in a decent spot there. The Giants are obviously a QB friendly, um, defense. I mean, the, de- the defense there has completely fallen off. You know, they were what, just a few years ago, one of the top units in the league and now they're you know, you, you do what you want on them. Uh, McCaffrey will be chalking that one for sure, coming off twenty a 28-carry game. Um, Miami at Cincy, I think, you know, guys, people are kind of all in on this Bill Lazor thing, and I do think he's a difference maker as the coordinator for, for the Bengals, and clearly the numbers don't lie with Dalton since Lazor took over. But um, this is kind of a, you know, Miami's defense has been solid all season. They're going to slow down Cincinnati. Um you know, you get you get Mixon back, but Geo's been really good, so you don't know what to do with the with the running backs there. Um, that's that's a tough that's one of those tough games that that's hard to project. Same thing with Arizona San Francisco game. Um, neither defense is particularly good, but at the same time, you know, neither offense is good either. <laughs> um, a, another game that we really do like is Oakland at uh, the Chargers probably be a home game for Oakland despite you know being in LA that being said neither defense there can stop anybody both both quarterbacks are averaging you know three I think cars averaging 340 passing yards per game Rivers is right there at 390 something um both defenses are giving up a ton of yardage the Chargers can't get pressure without Bosa just a completely different defense without Bosa and um you know obviously they they're struggling with the health of their secondary um and we, we kind of covered what's going to happen with what, I mean, what we see happening in this one. I don't think Hayward can travel with Cooper. Um, he's more than likely just going to kind of stick to one side of the field. We're guessing, um, just because, I mean, do you put him on Bryant? Do you put him on Nelson? Do you let him go into the slot with Amari Cooper when Cooper's in the slot in three receiver sets? It's a, that's a tough one to predict, um, as far as like who, who he's matched up on. Um, we're kind of just going, you know, Cooper's the best receiver. I, I don't think Hayward will be in the, the slot. There's no reason to think he'll follow him into the slots, but especially with what, um, Jordy Nelson's done 
this season, at least over the past few weeks. Um, Minnesota, Philadelphia, again, um, neither. I mean, the the Eagles' defense has been great all year. Uh, the the Vikings' defense obviously looked terrible last week. But do we really not? I mean, do we not believe in what Zimmer's doing? with the Vikings defense and with that roster, given what they've been over the past couple of seasons. So I think Minnesota is going to play better this week, but you know, do you trust anybody on Philadelphia in that matchup? That's a, that's another tough one. And um, we actually do have a, a Eagle player in our picks this week. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then the Rams at Seattle, um, Seattle's defense is terrible, but you know, how, how good can Goff be in Seattle? You know, that's a tough place to play. Um, and especially, you know, they, this could be a game where they just, you know, lean heavily on Gurley, get him the ball 30 times, you know, get a conference winning or a division winning and get out of, get out of Seattle. Um, so, okay, that's the slate. Let's go into our picks here. Um, the picks we gave at quarterback, uh, for this DraftKings slate, uh, we stuck to that. The two guys we highlighted in that Oakland, um, Chargers game, um, just, just kind of taking a quick glance at, um, and actually, let me mention before um, I before I get into our picks too too deeply here, um, we had some questions about what tools I use for um, research. I mean, overall, I, you know, the first thing I you know I pretty much watch every single game. I have that uh, the NFL Game Pass where you can watch them, and you know, it takes less than thirty minutes, or it takes exactly thirty minutes, I guess, to watch one. Um, so I. I overall like I, I really recommend watching the games and and kind of um you know doing the eyeball test on every team you know by yourself so you get a feeling for you know how you know why things happen why a game flow went the certain way that it did um versus just you know kind of trusting the box score every week um but uh okay so as far as like just looking up um stats you know opponent yards per pass attempt opponent you know, passing yards per game, stuff like that. Um, I'll, I'll either use uh, NFL Next Gen stats or team rankings. Um, some for for some advanced stuff as far as like um, snap count or um, you know defense versus uh, type of receiver or DVOA versus a position group. We use Football Outsiders for that. Um, football outsiders has a bunch of good stuff on their site um individual matchups like uh historical things um game logs stuff like that i love stat muse you know those of you that follow me in the nba know i'm a huge fan of stat muse and what it can do you know you can see things like um you know show me you know keenan or keenan allen's numbers when mike williams doesn't play or show me um, Derek Carr's game log versus the LA Chargers. Um, you know, you just kind of you use it like you'd use Google, and it shows you the data, the stats behind. Um, they're the stats that you ask for. Um, uh, another kind of thing I always have open is a football guy's uh, snap count summary. You can get um, all 32 teams right there on one page. And you get every player for the team on there, and you get every week on there. So you can see kind of, um, for instance, you know, I've got all my windows open right now still from from the DraftKings article. And I'm looking at um, snap count for the Packers, just kind of um, looking at the receivers and what, what's happening. So, like, uh, with Randall Cobb out last week, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's numbers went from 17% snap count in week three to 71% in week four things like that. Um, so you get, you know, week to week, you can kind of see who missed and how it, how it affected the snap counts everywhere. 
Um, and then um, as far as like target stuff goes, I've always used NFLSavant.com. I'm just kind of used to to pulling that up. Um, you can get that information in other places as well. I'm sure um, Next Gen Stats has it. I'm just kind of used to, you know, I want to know what, you know, I, you know, if you can project, you know, um, let's just say we think the Steelers are going to be in the red zone eight times this week, you know, using Savant, you can pull up the red zone target percentage for the Steelers specifically um, and project out how those eight, um, you know, those eight possessions are going to go, you know, just, just, just an FYI on that one. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster has six catches on 13 targets in the red zone. The next highest player for the Steelers is Antonio Brown with one catch on five targets. So just a, just a little, you know, kind of nugget there that, that is useful, especially in this kind of matchup where we expect the Steelers and the Falcons game to be high scoring. And then of course, uh, Pro football focus is something we lean on. I mean, pro, all right, so um, pro football focus, the wide receiver cornerback chart kind of makes our article every week. You know, we, we mention it every week. It's just kind of more than, you know, us kind of leaning on that, like, oh, yeah, you know, Julio, Julio Jones is going to be matched up with Corey Sensabaugh, who's, you know, terrible. We look at things like um, yards per route ran versus yards per route covered. I mean, that's data that's not you know, that's not relying on the analysts from pro football focus who I think sometimes are, um, I mean, I, they do a really good job, but you know, I'd rather not rely on their analysis entirely as far as like their grades and things like that go. Um, and, and sometimes that can be a little bit misleading. Um, for instance, you know, uh, this week, what, what matchup, um, Golden Tate should be in the slot with Jair Alexander, assuming he's healthy. Um, and he's one of the lower graded slot corners, but if you put the film on and actually actually watch him play, you know he hasn't been that bad. Maybe he was bad the first week or or something like that, and that affected his grade. Um, but I don't think his one point six or seven six yards per route covered is is a great um, is a is a great way to define him. I don't know. That, that that's still a matchup that we like. You know, he's a rookie, and Tate is is ridiculously hard to cover in the slot and I think bigger things are ahead for him now that he's strictly a slot receiver in the Lions offense same reason we like Amari Cooper um now that he's working more to the slot for the Raiders is just a nice spot because you get a lot of mismatches in the slot when you have that good of a receiver there but um yeah so pro football focus um they have a they have a, just a ton of stuff to to pick through every week it can be overload at times but the wide receiver cornerback um chart is something i would definitely recommend checking out right away and then if you're looking for rankings um you know in past seasons we've tried to keep up with that there just isn't time for you know rankings a podcast and a you know a nfl lineup and college football lineup and college football rankings and a college football podcast like i I don't want to bring in a bunch of guys that I, you know, I have to police with stuff like that. So I just try and keep it to what I can handle every week. And, um, I can't handle doing rankings for hundreds of players every week. Um, so as far as like who I use for rankings, um, I actually use action network. If you're not familiar with that action network, it's a, um, it's more of a betting site. Um, but they have a ton of fantasy. They have a ton of content on there overall. Like I'm blown away with how much they put out, you know, they, you know, they're, they're spending a ton of money on their content creators because not only are they, um, do they have a lot of them and they do, they put out a lot of, you know, just a high volume of content every week, but they have really good ones. I believe, um, 
who is it, Sean Carner or something like that on their site has been in the top five or may have even been number one for like three seasons in a row on fantasypros.com. Um, so I just kind of trust those guys um, in their rankings. We don't do a lot with rankings anyways, but if you're looking for rankings, that's a that's a good source. And overall, the Action Network site is just fun. It's, uh, you know, you can kind of track your own bets on there. You can track lines. You can look at... Um, what public money is doing. They give a, a sharp report every week. Um, and it's just, a, there's a bunch of useful th- stuff on there, whether you're, you know, sports betting or you're in into DFS. So, okay. So um, back to our picks. Uh, quarterbacks this week were, were in on Phillip Rivers and Derek Carr in that game. Um, I think the Chargers are going to get out early. I think they're, Rivers is going to have a huge game. Um, I think we said he was just under 400 yards and three touchdowns in their matchup last season. He's going to be right in that area again. He's, you know, he's been nearly perfect this season. He was perfect in the preseason. He was perfect throughout training camp. Like he's, um, he's just on fire right now. He's locked in for a guy his age. It's pretty impressive what he's doing. Um, and then to counter that, Derek Carr is going to have to throw it a bunch again this week. Um, he's averaging 343 passing yards per game right now. Um, and he faces the Chargers defense is giving up 8.3 yards per attempt on the season. So, um, you know, full arsenal weapons for him. Um, full ar- And they're kind of like kind of settling into that. John Gruden play calling. Um, they got the win last week, finally. Um, but it's, you know, it's bigger things ahead for Carr in this system. Um, he's not, I mean, he's not a quarterback that I love. I don't think he's, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL or anything like that. But you know, in this system with the weapons he has, particularly in this matchup where he's going to be throwing a bunch probably from behind, um, it's a it's a good week to target Carr, and he's only 5,200 on DraftKings, which is well outside of the uh, top 10 for quarterbacks in this slate. Um, running backs, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys this week that um, you could be high on for sure. Um, obviously, the the typical Todd Gurley. Nothing scary about the Seattle matchup whatsoever. Um, they lose Kendricks this week, which is um, he was actually one of their better players. But with, with the injuries they have in their on their defense right now, they lose Earl Thomas. So Thomas is one of those guys that would have been responsible for slowing down Gurley once he gets to the outside or once he you know in in the passing game. Um, same thing with Kendricks. Both those guys would have been leaned on heavily. They're going to have to deal with Gurley without those two. And the defense was already struggling to begin with. So Gurley's, Gurley's a solid play. Obviously, Gordon, um, he's going to be popular as he is every week. Just, just, I mean, he hasn't had more than 15 carries in a game, and he's averaging almost 30 DraftKings points per game. Um, he's And he's been incredibly consistent. He's had 34, 16, 31, 31. So, I mean, that's that's as consistent as, as it gets in, in, you know, fantasy football. And obviously nothing scary about the Oakland match up their bottom in yards per carry again this season they were last season um they can't cover running backs they can't they can't cover anybody um i'm kind of uh given the lack of volume for gordon this season i'm i'm more in the philip rivers bandwagon for this game than than in the gordon but gordon's presence kind of just validates all right well maybe Carr's the right play in this game um at 5200 uh but gordon's a solid play this week Christian McCaffrey, we kind of think he's going to be the highest owned back of these guys over, over, say, oh, 6,500 or so. Um, you know, coming off 28 carry, a 28 carry game, you know, which came off of a game that 
saw him catch 14 of 15 targets. You know, he's just kind of, you know, trending in a direction where his ownership's going to be crazy for a while. Um, and you know, obviously the Giants match up, you know, they were uh, bottom five in yards per carry last season. Um, where are they at this season? They are giving up 4.8 yards per carry, which is six worse in the NFL this season. So great matchup. Um, he's, he's a volume play, um, every week. So he'll be a popular play again this week. Uh, you kind of have a, a log jam of guys here that are questionable with, uh, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, uh, Freeman, Fournette, Breda. Um, we aren't targeting any of those guys this week. Too many question marks around all of them. Um, you know, timeshares and, you know, $6,500 plus players don't go together in my book. Uh, obviously, you can't expect Hunt to repeat what he did last week, given the Jacksonville matchup. We won't have any shares of him. Uh, David Johnson's intriguing at uh, just $6,300. Um, <clears throat> you know, they still haven't figured out how to use him. Uh, he went over 100 yards and had a touchdown last week. He still hasn't had a 20-point game. McCoy, you know, he's just a bad game manager as a play caller. Um, I don't, you know, it's not that he lacks creativity. He had, I mean, he had fantasy relevant running backs his entire time in San Diego. So, I think David Johnson has better days ahead of him. Um, obviously, the 49ers are a matchup worth uh, targeting him in. So. He should be on your radar at sixty at just sixty three hundred. Um, Marshawn Lynch, you know he's he's kind of going to benefit from you, you, anytime you put uh, even in three receiver sets, right? When you put in, you know, Cook's a great receiver. Cooper's in the slot. He's he's unbelievable. You have uh, Nelson and Bryan on the outside. Should be nothing but running room for Marshawn Lynch, um, and obviously he's going to get the goal line work there and. The volume's been decent. He went over 20 carries last week, albeit in an overtime game. But um, he's a solid play. Alex Collins is fumbling too much. His, uh, um, his uh, counterpart, Buck Allen, made our article this week. Um, looking at um, at our article this week, we went with, uh, at the top, James Conner. Um, he was a guy that uh, just kind of is ebb and flowing with this Pittsburgh offense as they always do where, you know, they're good at home and bad on the road. He's averaging 26 points a game, DraftKings points a game at home and 14 on the road. Um, <clears throat> the Falcons are obviously a top five running back matchup. They are um, giving up five yards per carry on the season. Um, and then obviously, you know, they have a Kamara game in there, which skews this number a little bit, but they're not doing anything in the past or, you know, the slowdown, the running backs in passing game, giving up 12 for 78 there, uh, injuries at linebacker, both safeties out. It's, it's a, it's a nice spot for Connor here. Um, and then 5,600 Yeldon, uh, just this morning Fournette was announced that he was out as was expected. He'll probably be out for a bit. Um, we don't know how bad the hamstring is, but obviously they're going to want to get it back to 100% before they try and wheel him out there again. Um, anybody that watched Kansas City on Monday night saw what Denver was able to do th to them, just kind of gashing them open with the running game. Huge lanes, um, not NFL caliber defense from Kansas City yet this season. I mean, those those lanes you saw there was kind of like, you know, Michigan against Eastern Michigan type running lanes. Um and then we kind of mentioned Buck Allen. 
Uh, Alec, Alec Collins is, you know, he's having fumbling issues. They're benching him for the fumbling. Um, all the while, Buck Allen's kind of been just, I mean, Collins is an efficient running back. You know, Baltimore does a good job, you know, with their play calling, with their scheming, especially with their run scheming and getting to the second level. Um, but um, Buck Allen's been efficient. He's not fumbling. And then he's got that role in the passing game. Um, I think we, we mentioned in the article, he's he's hit 3 three x value in three out of four games this season. Um, and he's this is kind of like a matchup that favors him because the Browns struggle so much defending um, running opposing running backs um, out of the backfield. And then same thing, they, they struggle with tight ends as well. So it's a week early on Hayden Hurst. Um, maybe next week we'll kind of – this is a good week just to kind of see his snap count and see what they're doing with them. But he's going to have a big role in this offense that uh, tends to feature tight ends when they have a decent pass-catching tight end. Um, one guy that kind of snuck into our article this week is Kenyon Drake, um, coming off of a terrible week. His ownership is going to be probably under, probably under 1%, I would guess. But the matchup kind of as has us leaning towards t- having a few shares of him at least. Um, if you watch the, some of the post game stuff, um, you know, Gase kind of immediately had a, you know, kind of had a feeling that he needed to get his running backs more involved. Um, and, you know, coming off of an offseason that he said, you know, both Gore and Drake would be used heavily. He thought Drake was a 25 touch per game player. You know, and down the stretch last season, we saw he was a top 10 running back when he got that sort of volume. It's just inexplicable that he's not getting it right now. Um, the offensive line isn't what it was maybe last season. I guess that argument could be made, but at the same time, Tannehill's back, and Tannehill is um, kind of the, the straw that stirs that that offense. So um, getting him back should have helped create more running running room for him. But the volume is is the biggest thing, and I think this is it's. I think it gets corrected this week, and clearly his skill set is the is the skill set that matches up best with this Cincinnati defense. Um, they, they really struggle with backs catching the ball of the backfield, and, and that's somewhere that Drake can really excel, just get him into space with that speed. Um, Julio Jones, uh, we, we mentioned him right off the top when we were talking about that wide receiver corner matchup. Um, if you just rank that thing by uh, advantage, like what wide receiver has the biggest advantage over the corner that he's facing, Julio pops up to the top. You know, he's got a grade, a PFF grade on the season of 87.6. I'm not sure if that's tops in the league. It might be. Let's see. Uh, nope, he's uh, so that's just slightly below DeAndre Hopkins um, and slightly ahead of Michael Thomas for the number two receiver in the league right now. Um, and he faces Cody Sensabaugh, who has a 54.8 PFF grade. I mean, you can just look at the Pittsburgh uh, kind of past defense numbers and the schedule. I mean, they, they're getting shredded right now. Sensabaugh's giving up 2.7 yards per route covered, which is um, it, it's you know bottom 1% of the NFL and Jones is, is picking up 3.46 yards per route run which is best in the NFL which you know is not surprising given that he leads the NFL in receiving once again um so huge mismatch here and as we as we wrote in the article you know you can you can expect um you know it's one thing for um Ridley to have huge games at home against defenses like Cincinnati who can't cover anybody other than you know other than um, uh, Jackson, who who shadowed Julio the entire game, you know they can't cover anyone else. 
Uh, same thing, New Orleans can't cover anybody, period. So, you know, it's one thing for Ridley to kind of exploit those matchups, but to go into Heinz Field and expect to win on the road, throwing the ball to him um, exclusively. I mean, not, not that they did exclusively, obviously, Julio leads the league in receiving, but I expect his role to kind of come back to earth and regress more towards the mean and for Julio to have a, a big game here on the road. Um, we, we are pairing Keenan Allen with, um, with Phillip Rivers, uh, both Allen and, uh, Mike Williams should have favorable matchups. Um, Allen's in the slot against Leon Hall, who's, who's, I mean, we, we've kind of picked on him this season, but he's just not good. Um, huge mishap, huge mismatch there. Allen's, um, you know, I think, uh, Jarvis Landry gets credit as being the best slot receiver in the NFL, but I'd take Keenan Allen over him any day of the week. Um, just unbelievable route runner, perfectly in sync with, with Phillip Rivers, but you know, he's yet to really, really get going this season. So I expect him to kind of have a breakout game here in a, in a super favorable matchup. Um, but also Mike Williams is worth having on your, um, radar as he has one of the better matchups of the week as well. Um, he's not quite as highly graded out by PFF. Um, obviously he's got his issues, you know, as a, he's not a bad route runner. He's not, he doesn't, he's not bad at catching the ball. He's not a bad athlete. He's, you know, he, he's a solid NFL receiver for sure. Um, but he matches up with Gary on Conley, who's, you know, again, one of those guys giving up over two and a half, two and a half yards per route covered, um, and has a PFF grade, um, under 60. We mentioned Amari Cooper earlier. You know, we love him in the slot. Uh, kind of one of the things that um, that when when um, uh, Gruden came in, he did was, you know, he targeted Jordy Nelson he, and, he, and he targeted Martavis Bryant, which allows Cooper to work in the slot in three receiver sets and makes them insanely dangerous and, and tough to deal with, especially when you add Cook on, on the other side. So you've got, you know, you've got a safety that has to pay attention to Cook and then you have, you know, you kind of have to bracket. Um, and I mean, that's kind of the biggest, the biggest reason that Cook has these explosion games and, and, you know, it's kind of Cook's, uh, efficient, uh, performances this season have taken away from, from Cooper because they've, they've kind of like leaned on Cook rather than throw the ball to Cooper when, the safeties kind of double bracket um, Nelson and Brian on the outside. So, but this is a matchup that Cooper should be able to exploit and he's due, um, <clears throat> which uh, is, is a recipe for success. So we expect a bunch of targets to him and, you know, he should find plenty of success, uh, um, of uh, success this week. Again, you know, he's going to avoid Casey Hayward just because he will be in the slot in those three receiver sets. And I don't think Hayward will follow him there if he's following him at all. Um, again, picking on a slot cornerback here, Mike Hughes from, from Minnesota, his struggles have been documented well in Minnesota. Um, he's kind of the weak link there in that secondary. Um, not that I consider Trey Wayne's to be the strong link that, that a lot of experts seem to think he is, but Mike Hughes is obviously the guy to target here. And it just so happens that, um, the Eagles have Nelson Aguilar in the slot again with Elshon Jeffrey coming on the outside. So look for, um, Rhodes to shadow Jeffrey and for Aguilar to get that favorable matchup with Hughes this week. Um, so that's our, that's our wide receiver matchups for the week. Nothing too cheap there. Um, again, we've avoided 
any running backs over 8,000. Um, you kind of got a value there with Carr at 5,200. You should be able to build out a roster without having to do, you know, to use a punt. We've got a punt in the tight end spot. Um, it's not really a punt, but you know, we've got you can you can have a tight end under 3,000. You can find a decent defense this week under 3,000 for sure. So you should be able to build out your lineup um, without going below. Uh, Amari Cooper or uh, Nelson Aguilar, who are in that $5,300, $5,500 range. Um, okay, so tight ends, again, picking on the Lions. Um, they're already, you know, in our opinion, one of the two or three worst teams when it comes to defending opponent tight ends. Um, and then they lost Quandre Diggs for what looks like a, a couple of weeks, at least um, this past week. So uh, insert um, Trayvon Wilson, who is just putrid in coverage just i mean he, he and jared davis have no business on an nfl field on a passing down yet the lions are gonna have to roll them out there once again this week because they they just they lack the depth um you know as they turn this roster over with the with the patriot front office that they brought in um uh but that being said you know as bad as they are against you know they really they struggle against opposing running backs in the passing game we saw that last week it cost them the game against dallas um but as bad as they are um, against running backs and tight ends, they're still the number one, or, you know, I guess you'd look at it as the number 32 matchup for receivers. So they're doing a really good job on the outside with uh, Nevin Lawson and Darius Slay. It's it's specifically the tight end matchup that they struggle with. Um, so look for Jimmy Graham to have a big week this week. Um, you'd expect Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy to be able to, to pinpoint that mismatch and, and target them early and often. Um, we, we kind of, you know, for the same reason, you know, if Cobb is binged up again, we like, uh, Montgomery here as well, but you know, we'll wait and see on that. Wait and see what happens with Allison and Cobb and, and this running back rotation. If we get any news on that, um, throughout the week. Um, okay. And then at 2,900, Ricky Seals Jones makes his season debut on our weekly articles. Um, RSJ is a guy that had a ton of preseason hype. Um, converted receiver from Texas A&M, um, kind of, a, he's, he's, in, you know, he's not like a freak considering he's a converted receiver. He's not like a freak athlete at the position. He was never, um, he was never like an athletic receiver, but, um, he has been making big plays the past couple weeks. I think we wrote, he's averaging over 30 yards per catch over the past two weeks. Um, but you just, there hasn't been volume. There hasn't been consistency. He wasn't making big plays early in the year. And now he's making big plays, but the volume's gone. Um, but this is the matchup to target. Uh, the, the 49ers defense has a DVOA of 38% to opposing tight ends. Uh, usually that would put them right at the bottom of the league, but there's some teams that are really struggling as tight ends this season. Um, teams like, you know, Denver and Detroit and Cleveland. Um, but this is obviously a mismatch. This is the first matchup that Seals Jones gets that you would look at and say, oh yeah, that's a clear, that's a clear spot to target the tight end. So, um, we think he has his biggest game of the year here. He's only 2,900 on DraftKings. Um, let's see, pull him up real quick. I believe he's slightly above the minimum on FanDuel. Yep, 5,100 on FanDuel. So, so kind of maybe considering his production uh, slightly overpriced um, on FanDuel, but nonetheless we'll have our shares of him just because of the matchup. Um, and the target share is decent. I mean, it's not great. There just hasn't been a ton of production in general. 
um, with that Cardinals offense, but um, we know McCoy can use his tight ends. We've seen him use tight ends in the past. You know, he used them with 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 San Diego. You know, to you know, kind of with Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates at a historic level, almost you could argue. Um, so I think he will be a big part of the game plan this week. Okay, that is the week five article or week five. NFL podcast went slightly over, but we kind of had um, some housekeeping things. Um, I didn't mention the draft app as I usually do. Um, for those of you that aren't playing on draft, you know, give it a try. Uh, auction style draft, uh, snake style draft, one week kind of, um, one week only. It's just a, a mixture of your season long style drafts in a daily fantasy format. They've, they've filled a niche there with that. Um, and then there, there's there's just a ton of features there that even I've, it's funny talking to guys that in my fantasy league that p- play it you know I've turned them on to it, um, they still don't they still don't realize that hey if you're doing a head to head you can draft round two you can draft round three you can do expert only draft style things where they take out the top players um, there's a lot that there's a lot to that app it's a ton of fun it's a different twist on it you can you know. They have different drafts for different time slots or whatever. So if you're watching the one o'clock games, you can draft later, um, and you can play for free if you use the promo code Audible. So there you go. All right, week five podcast in the books. College football will be out um, hopefully tomorrow, possibly tomorrow. Uh, the article for sure will be out tomorrow. The podcast will probably be Friday morning. All right, good luck this week.